following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It is the official second week of Offense, Defense, and Discourse. Or ODD for short. What do you prefer? What do you prefer, ODD or just or the full name? Well, I love the full name, mm-hmm. but I'm always down with ODD. Yes, sir. <laughs> How was your week, man? Uh, was good week right, right up until the middle of the week. Oh, man, what happened? So Wednesday. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to Tuesday. Tuesday, I get my own work truck out, out the shop. Okay. Wednesday, I'm driving. Went and put some gas in it. Sitting there waiting to make a left, minding my own business. Just chilling. Chilling. Just chilling. And I feel this, this Audi. You notice what I said? I feel mm. the Audi behind me. Meaning I just got rear-ended. Oh, no. Minding my own business. Lady wasn't on the phone. Says she was just listening to her music. Was she listening to free agent radio? I wish. Was that, was, that wasn't even the case. That had been worse was she, than Was she listening to Seattle hip-hop radio? I wish that was the case. That would have been worth the distraction. Was she listening to phillygoflow.com? Not even. Then you should sue the, the daylights out of this woman. Uh, we already got it at. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm saying just sue her for everything. Oh, no need. She admitted fault. Okay. But it was Still sue her. It was just the fact that you get the car out the shop. Yeah. And the next day. And you want to know what's crazy? What's up? This is the second time in my life that's happened to me. You're a better man than me, Because going back, I, I want to say I it was probably it. around 2001. Yeah. Old car, my old Nissan Altima. Oh, man. That was a nice Now, car that right one there. was worse. Mm-hmm. That one was worse because that one, mm-hmm. that one I was sitting, sitting at a light, uh-huh. again, minding my own business. Yes. And get rear-ended. Get the car back. Get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Go to IHOP for breakfast one morning. Oh. I'm in IHOP minding my business again. Uh-huh. It's a little chilly in IHOP. Okay. My knees were getting tight. Mm-hmm. So I say, I'm going to go outside, stretch my legs real quick. When I get outside, this guy was about to drive away, who I guess forgot to put his car in park, in the parking lot that oh. had a little bit of hell in it, oh. and hit my car and did the exact same damage that I had just got it back out the shop for. So this is not the first time, my first experience with having a car damaged the day after getting oh, out of the shop. Oh, well, look, man, I, I got, I got good accident stories too. I'll, I'll leave, I'll save mine for later on in the show. Okay, we're gonna come back. We're gonna, to we're that. gonna come back to a- good accident stories. Good accident right. stories. Right. Hey, beauty of having two hours. Yeah, we can get, we can get we into can get other in stuff. It. Now. Exactly, exactly. So sports wise, sports wise, we got a good show today. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on. A whole lot. NFL playoffs, the first round is over. The second round's getting ready to start. The, the divisional round. Bruh. They always say that football is a game of inches. Absolutely. Mere inches is Mere what, inches. Mere inches is what se- separated this past weekend from being a colossal fail 
to a huge success. Uh, absolutely. It happens every time. We talked last week about having two teams. Mm-hmm. We talked about having a team and liking a team. Absolutely. And I told you, you well, it's been well documented, the team that I hate. We don't even need to say their name because the team I hate is the team you hate. I refuse to say their name. We don't need to say their name. But they're a football team from Texas, not named the Texans. Yeah. But here's the problem. They won this weekend. Can I say something? Well, 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 let me set it up and then you can say something. Because I want to give you a full opportunity to express you're going to be surprised by what I say. So okay. go ahead. All right. Ahead. So let's, they let's won hear. they won this weekend. They won this they did win this weekend. The team I hate won. They did. The team I like lost. They did. And my team Your team won. My team won in the very last game of the of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And we're going to we're going to get, gonna to get that into too. that. So that's the, the thing I I it was all set for me thinking that this was just going to be a horrible weekend. That this was just going to be a lost weekend, and I was just not going to like football anymore. <laughs> uh, you'll but still like football. I, well, I say that all the time. I, you know, <laughs> that's usually when my team loses. Mm-hmm. Like one of the first tweets, I always like. I usually tweet it out, just like, "Look, man, football's stupid. <laughs> I hate football. Football. Oh, I've a, said the same several. Football times. is just a dumb sport. And then next week, I'll be watching again. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Oh boy! What I was gonna say? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You got it. that? I, th- I think might surprise you a little bit. Okay. Anybody who knows me, we've talked about this on this show before. Yes. I am generally not a hater when it comes to sports. Okay. For the audience's sake, let's refresh them. How many teams do I hate? One. Just one. In, in all of sports. In all of sports, one. 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 But this week, this past weekend, mm-hmm. I was rooting for them. Okay. I wanted them to win. Okay. All right. Why? And I want them to win this week, too. Okay. For one reason. Why? I want the Eagles to be the team that beats them. No, that would, that would be lovely. That's what I want. That's what you want. So I didn't want to see them lose. I wanted to see them survive. They beat my Philadelphia Eagles twice this year. Yes. I generally get object- try to stay objective. I am not objective when it comes to my Eagles fandom. I understand. No, I am an Eagles fan. Now, no, no, and as an no. Eagles fan, I want the Cowboys to lose at all times. Yes. There have been times where if I needed the Cowboys to win for the Eagles to get in the playoffs – I would have taken the Eagles missing the playoffs just so the Cowboys would lose. Mm-hmm. But in this case, in a situation where they beat the Eagles twice mm-hmm. during the regular season, yes, I wanted to see them win okay. for the sheer fact that we get a third chance at them. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember the second game, which yes. went to overtime and yes. the Eagles never possessed the ball, yes. they're beatable. Yes, This Eagles team which is also playing significantly better at this point than mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. mid to late November, mm-hmm. I think the Eagles can and will beat Dallas should both of those teams get to the NFC Championship game. Mm. I will say this to, to your point. I would love 
I would absolutely love for the Philadelphia Eagles to be the team who ends the Dallas Cowboys season. That would that would make me very happy. I would be very pleased by that. And you know what else that means? Mm-hmm. If that were to happen, I'm a, just not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. if that were to happen, yes. the other thing that means is that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl again. That is true. That is true. And maybe will that mean uh, offense, defense, and discourse is going on the road to Atlanta? I'm down. All right. Look, I'm down too. Let's do it. Okay. We can, I mean, we can we have to te- talk about the logistics, but we can make that work. Look, we can figure it out. All right. It's just going to be a real long road trip. Probably going to have to pack oh, a whole bunch of. Uh, I love a road trip. A whole bunch of mixtapes and, and, and mm-hmm. CDs. And all we're going to do is just set up in like a hotel room and just do the same show we do at my crib. We can do it. We can we'll do just, it. We'll just be in Atlanta and hopefully we run into some people. You know, it it could be done. That's all I'm saying. It could be done. We've got contacts in Atlanta. It yes, could be done. It could be done. Now, now, now. Here, here's what I'm saying. I would love for the Eagles to beat the uh, beat the Cowboys and end their season. Mm-hmm. However, where I differ from you is if the Cowboys were to lose on the way, that would not break my heart. Me either. It would be like if look, they man, had lost, I'd have been okay yeah, with. It. If, Don't if, get they, me wrong. if they lose. This weekend to the Rams? I'm okay this, with it. What a shame. Darn, guys. Like, man, we oh, missed out on the chance man, we to missed beat out a, We missed out a chance. But I'll, keep, a, I'll take yeah, it. Exactly. Like, I'm never, like, hurt by the Cowboys losing. I don't want to give anybody that impression. No. Not I'm okay with the Cowboys losing. Okay. But for personal reasons, mm-hmm. I would like to for the Eagles to be the ones to beat. It's not that I don't want them to lose. Okay. I just have a preference as to who beats them. Okay. I still want them to lose. So, given that, so let's let's stay let's stay in the NFC then. Okay. Let's stay in so the NFC. We'll stay with the NFC and we'll stay with the Cowboys. Cowboys are playing the Rams. Do you believe that the Cowboys have what it takes to beat the Rams? Actually, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back a few weeks ago. Okay. The Bears and then the Eagles. Both get, gave a very similar blueprint mm-hmm. on how to beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys are very capable of pulling off the exact same blueprint. There are a couple things you got to do. Mm-hmm. One, what the Bears and Eagles both did was they paid significant attention to Aaron, Aaron Donald on the Rams' defensive line. Mm-hmm. He saw a lot of double teams, and they just said, somebody else on your line is going to have to beat us. Mm-hmm. And in in Dominican Sue, who seems to have gotten through this season on reputation, didn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. Dante Fowler, who the Rams gave up assets for to, to acquire from the Jaguars, didn't get the job done. No. Aaron Donald, who was leading the leagues in, league in sacks at that point, mm-hmm. with all the extra attention, needed some help. And the Rams' defense got exposed at that point. Teams put up points on them. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles' defense, the Bears' defense, they got pressure on golf, made them uncomfortable, and you saw him miss a lot of throws. He's progressing, but the success of that offense at this point, I would have to say, is a lot more attributed to McVay and Gurley mm-hmm. than it is to Jerry Goff. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I absolutely believe the Cowboys are mm-hmm. capable of beating the Rams. 
And truth be told, I'm going to give you this one at the beginning of the show. Okay. We'll save the rest for later, but I'm going to give you this one now. Okay. I'm picking the Rams, not the Rams, I'm picking the Rams to lose this game, the Cowboys to win. Mm -hmm. I've got the Cowboys winning probably in a 27-24 type game. Mm. That's the way I see this one playing out. Okay. I can see it too because, and it's more for, I guess, the more cliche uh, analysis. A lot of people have said this about the Rams and the Cowboys and that the Cowboys are a physical team. They're a very physical team. Their defense is is mm-hmm. the best defense they've had under Jason Garrett. Okay. And that defense against uh, Rams offense, is, which is not very – not a real smash-mouth offense. No, it's more They're of a finesse, finesse offense. Yes, a finesse team. And, that, and I feel like it's like everyone says that, but part of the reason why everyone says it is because it's true. Absolutely. It's true. So it's like I, I feel like, you know, I've, when I come down and I sit with you, I, I want to at least try to say something or present an opinion or analysis that isn't going to sound like everybody else. But right now, everyone else is right. The Rams are a finesse team. Now, now I no. won't go as far as to say they are the Atlanta Falcons no, no, type of no, finesse no, team. No, 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 no. They're, I think, but they're more I think built the around their speed on the outside. Mm-hmm than they are about playing smash-mouth football. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. Todd Gurley is the type of back who's capable, well, yes, I don't know that like the he's entire no he's no team slouch. is built to play that style. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, I would never – you you have said it, I have said it, we have said it. We've called Atlanta frauds exactly. on this show. I've been saying that for probably going on seven years now. Yeah. But you, you would never call the Rams a fraud. You just you, – this is just how they're built. Not yet. They wouldn't call them frauds. They're if not they, far from it. Well, so not yet. You, so let me ask you this then, okay? They lose their first playoff game mm-hmm. after a bye two years in a row. You calling them frauds? Um, that's two. I, that's two for, that's, I might. That's two. It, de- it would depend on how they lost. Two years in the bye. It would depend mm-hmm. on how they lost. Okay. If they came out there, got punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And just didn't look like they belonged out there. Yeah, I'd call them frauds. Mm-hmm. Now, if they lose, lose on the last second, thirty-one twenty-eight on the last second field goal, something like that. Mm-hmm. Nah, they just lost a tough game. Okay, it's okay. different. Okay, now, but they're, they're, they're third, in the area. They're third, in the area they're, of frauds. They're, they're in the fraud neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now, third scenario, say they're up twenty-one nothing, and end up lo- or, or twenty-eight nothing, and end up losing thirty-one twenty-eight. That puts you back in the, firmly in the fraud category. Oh, yeah. You, bl- you blow a big league. Like you blow that. a you're big a league or you get blown out. Yeah, you're a fraud. You fall into the fraud category. Frauds. But yeah. they're not there yet. Not yet. Okay. At okay. this point, they're still a team with a young coach and a young quarterback mm-hmm. on the on the rise. Mm-hmm. But you can only be on the rise for so for long. For so long, yeah. I think two, year, two years, one of the top uh, top teams in the league, go, you know, with an early exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're you're teetering on fraud. You're 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 starting to move into that uh, San Diego slash L.A. Chargers uh, area. You know that that's that's pretty. Mm. Much, I mean, that's just where you are. Now, the Cowboys were one of Saturday's last Saturday's winners. Mm-hmm. There was another winner on last Saturday. Mm-hmm. That was the day that the Texans and the Colts played as well. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, what are you thinking? 
I will tell you this. I have really been on the fence with Houston all season long. Because of the way the way they started the season. Mm-hmm. Then they picked it up, but then the way they kinda they kinda trailed off going into the playoffs. Starting with that loss to Philly and then in the subs you know, the subsequent weeks how they played. Whereas like now you see what they were you see what Andrew Luck was able to do. And I'm not quite sure if I would say he's back. Colts are for real. Well, I would say Andrew Luck is back. You would. I would say he's back. Okay. Now, are, are the Colts for real? That's a separate question. Mm-hmm. They started out what one and five this year, and then won nine of their last ten to, mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs. That's not something a team that's not for real is able to do. That many wins in in that much amount of time, something is real about you. Okay. That being said, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're championship ready either. Okay. The Colts, the one thing I will say about them mm-hmm. is that while Andrew Luck was injured and out, it gave them an opportunity to add talent to the roster. Mm-hmm. Luck is the type of quarterback who's good enough to that to the point where even if you're not in the playoff race, well, in the playoffs mm-hmm. specifically, you'll probably be in playoff contention until the end, which means you have that 16 to 22 type of draft pick, which could get you a decent player, but you're not getting high end talent, the top mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have a couple years with your quarterback out, you get to get a little bit better talent. Mm -hmm. And that is showing. Their offensive line is significantly better than it was when prior to Luck's injury. Marlon Mack is the best running back. Well, not the best pedigree. Mm -hmm. Trent Richardson had the best pedigree, but it didn't work out. Marlon Mack is by far the most productive running back Andrew Luck has gotten to play with to this point in his young Mm -hmm. career. Mm Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton continues to get better. I won't call him a top five receiver, but he no, does. But, no, but, but he does have game one. breaking speed, and he he's, can catch. He's a solid one for that team. For that team, for that absolutely. Team, he's a solid one, yeah. So, and with the improved defense as well, they have some mm-hmm. decent young linebackers on that team. Mm-hmm. It, they're headed in the right direction. They're trending up. Okay. My biggest concern with the Colts is. How long can that trend continue when you consider that you that they've already paid Andrew Luck? Mm-hmm. He's not one of the highest paid quarterbacks at this point because every year somebody else breaks that record. Yep. So it does they're not completely out of contention based on his contract. He doesn't have an Aaron Rodgers contract. No. But he is paid enough that He's not on a rookie deal. He's not making five mil, six million dollars a year where you have all the money in the world to spend to fill a roster around him. Mm-hmm. He's making twenty plus twenty around twenty five, I believe, in that somewhere in that area, which means that's I want a little bit more than ten percent of your salary cap, which is a high number. I've talked about this before. Five quarterbacks ever win making more than 10% of the salary cap. It's just hard to build 
a team with enough talent, enough enough depth to win it all over the course of 18, 19 games, you start having injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. It So it's just a difficult thing to do. But those couple years of high draft picks while luck was out aided, in my opinion, the Colts' cause. That's not something like a healthy Aaron Rodgers make or miss the playoffs. You don't expect them to be a three or four win team where they're picking at the top five. The Colts, Andrew Luck prior prior to Andrew Luck, the Colts were a, what one two win team. Mm-hmm. He came in his rookie year, automatically took him to the playoffs. He's that type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing, but I think the thing about that was, and I guess they were. They were a playoff team. They were a playoff team with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. and then Peyton Manning uh, had his injury problems. Mm-hmm. When they took Peyton Manning out of that the situation, then they became, you know, bottom of the league. You know, and that's what helped get them luck. Absolutely. And so you take out Peyton Manning, and and I'm not, and this is not calling Andrew Luck Peyton Manning, but Andrew Luck is still a good quarterback. Andrew Luck might be a great quarterback. It, and that and that's kind of to my point where I, I think mm-hmm. we're on the same page with this okay. because you look at the Colts, that Peyton Manning team was top to bottom as a roster. Let's be honest, they weren't a world beater type of roster. No, no, they were able to compete and play at the level they were because of Peyton Manning's excellence. Okay. One year without Peyton Manning proved that they went straight to thirteen I mean, from what. 12, 13 every year to three wins. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in Luck, and you're right back to a playoff team. That says a lot about Luck's ability. So from that standpoint, Luck is does give you a chance to compete, and he proved it this year. The first five games of the year, and prior to the season, Luck was throwing a tennis ball. He hadn't thrown a football in, in a long time. A long time, you're right. And – you could see that in the first couple weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. I remember a play. I don't remember exactly what game it was. But at the end of the game, they're about to throw a Hail Mary. Clock's running out. They pulled Luck and put Jacoby Brissett yeah, in the game. I remember that game, yep. Because of questions about Luck's arm strength at that point. Mm-hmm. So to go from that to looking all the way back at this point in the season mm-hmm. speaks a lot not only to his talent but also to his work ethic and commitment to winning. Luck's a stud. Mm. I simply, my one question with them is simply whether or not they have a complete enough roster to compete. Mm. I don't know. Like we had our we had our questions last week. You know, we had our questions about Indianapolis. We did. And, um, I can't because at this point now I didn't even. Write, um, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure we wrote it down. I have no clue where I wrote it down. Our picks for. Uh, Last week's game. Well, last week, I will say this. I remember I was consistent in the one point that I thought first-year quarterbacks in the playoffs would struggle. Mm. And for the most part, that's what we saw. Okay. Deshaun Watson, his first playoff game. Struggled. Lost. Struggled. Trubisky. Trubisky. Struggled. Mm-hmm. He had Trubisky had a mm-hmm. decent game. 
Lamar but, Jackson. But the team struggled to score points. Lamar Jackson struggled. struggled. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, and we'll get and we'll get to that in a minute because I do want to talk to you about the quarterback situation in uh, in Baltimore. Oh, we're going to get to that too. Okay, we're going to get that. We're going. We're definitely going to get to that. Okay, but uh, before we, we got get like two hours, of course we're going to get to exactly. That. We're going to get to it. Okay, but before we do, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and take our first break. All right, and we'll be right back with more football talk. Listen live online. Freeagentradio.com. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout. Me over it. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. We're talking NFL playoff football. There's no better. Well, I shouldn't say there's no better part of the time of the year. But all to me, I just love playoffs this in is, any sport. Absolute playoffs. Playoffs are what it's all about. Exactly. It's winning time. Exactly. It's like, so I will say there's no better part of the year right now. And then I promise you, come March, I will say the exact same thing. <laughs> Absolutely, and then, and then come April when it's uh, May, when it's, June, it's, NBA playoffs, yeah, and no better time of year. Yep. Yeah. And then and come October when it's baseball play, no better time of year. Mm-hmm. Yes, playoff time is the best time. Playoffs, yeah, exactly. Playoff doesn't matter what playoffs. Playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You give me some playoffs, I'm a happy man. Well, except for the college football playoffs. We, we, well, and we'll, and we can talk. We're we going to talk about that. Too. We can definitely talk. about We're that definitely going to talk about this, that. With this, this ball season was trash. <laughs> This whole bowl season was trash, and I was—I I had some excitement for it, but it this this whole season, this whole bowl season let me down. But get, let's, let's, let's stick with the pros right now. We're, we're going to come back to that. But yeah, we'll circle. Right, we'll but, definitely but, circle back. But for to that. now, we just got done talking about before the break. We were talking Colts and Texans from the wild card weekend. Now with the Colts moving on. We were talking about the Colts stud quarterback, but now we're looking at a matchup against Andy Reid and the Chiefs and their young stud quarterback. Now, in opening weekend, I predicted that first-time quarterbacks in their first playoff game would struggle. Yes. This is another situation where you have a quarterback in his first playoff game. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a team with a bye. So they're a very good team, and they also have home field advantage, and they have a very experienced coach in Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. How much of a chance, if any, do you give the Colts to beat the favored Kansas City Chiefs? I give them every chance. I give them every chance because it, once again, there are a few narratives that I express on this show that I hold too dearly. And one of them is history. 
Okay. And I've talked about how a lot of times history will trump any analysis, any explanation you might be able to have. Andy Reid is a very good coach. He's a great coach. Okay. But Andy Reid has had his struggles, his well-documented struggles in the playoffs. Absolutely. There's a 14 years of history in Philly with that. Exactly. And then and what's had, this, five years in yeah, Kansas City now? Yes. Has he gotten to the conference championship yet in Kansas City? No. Not that I recall. Exactly. So for me, it's like, yes, you see Kansas City. They're, you know, they're not, the, they're not, okay. they're not the Patriots. But I think if, so, of course, I think it, you'd be silly to say that any any game is a shoeing. All right, I have a question for you. Okay, now, I don't. Uh, this may or may not get a sidetracked. Okay, b- given our history with okay. Andy Reid, mm-hmm. but. Here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. Is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback Andy Reid has ever coached? No. No? No. Who was the best? Donovan McNett. I can't say. Okay. That. I can't, well, I'll, I'll put it to okay, you. Okay, let me rephrase the okay. question. Mm-hmm. Is Patrick Mahomes the most talented quarterback Andy Reid has ever coached? I don't know, but I would lean towards no. But honestly, I think that's more because of the sample size is smaller. Now, if, now, now, we're not talking about is he the most polished? No, I'm or saying that even the most developed to this point. Mm-hmm. Strictly raw ability, talent is. I, I would I, once again, I would say I don't know, and trend towards no. Well, strictly using the eyeball test. Mm-hmm. His arm is every bit as strong, if not stronger, than McNabb's. Okay. He's just as mobile. Mm-hmm. He appears to be well-equipped to learn a playbook and execute an offense. He's got a very accurate, very catchable ball that he throws. Mm-hmm. What's he lacking in talent? Honestly, but I, if honestly – Showing that that you have that ability to go out and win. Yes, he's won. He's won in a regular season, but now you know teams have one season of tape on him. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to see him come back and maintain this level over another season and another season. You know when teams can properly game plan for him when he, when you fully know what you have in a player. So to me, it's like, yeah, you know, yes, he is talented. I will not deny his talent. But what I'm saying is before I, before I say that he's more talented than someone whose career is over, I, I just feel like you can't make that comparison between somebody with one full regular season versus somebody with a, with a almost 14-year well, career. See, and I guess that's where you and I differ. Because okay. I tend to separate talent from skill. For example, outside of outside of football, I'll go to NBA for a second. Okay. Ben Simmons is one of the most talented players in NBA history, hands down. Mm-hmm. He's not even in the discussion for most best player in NBA history at this point. No, okay, no. 
see, you see what I, see, see what I mean? Where I mm-hmm. different, differentiate yeah. talent from skill. Mm-hmm. But how? But what I'm saying is, it's like even. Well, well, let me ask you this, and I, I, I do this knowing that you know this isn't the this isn't the basketball discussion. Okay. And as I try to pivot back towards our topic, but you know that Ben Simmons is talented. Yes. Is he as talented? Would you say he's as talented as Magic Johnson? More. You say he's more talented than, than Magic. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, look. Look. Ben, okay. I, I mean, he, I, he's at least an inch or two taller. He's probably 20 pounds of muscle heavier, mm-hmm. faster, more athletic. Okay. Vision is probably just as good. His mm-hmm. timing and instincts on par. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say he's the player Magic was. Mm-hmm. I don't want to confuse no one by saying I, no, he's I, not the player Magic understood. was. Well, I guess. But if I'm talking mm-hmm. talent. I guess, well, to, to tie this back into what we're saying, mm-hmm. then. I see where you're going with this. I'm not quite sure if I'm with you on that one. Okay, as far as where Mahomes and McNabb go, I see. I see what you're saying, mm-hmm. and the, what, what I'm saying is your point is not lost on me. I'm not quite sure if I share it yet. Oh, but, I, you know, but, you're allowed to disagree. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, well, <laughs> we haven't agreed on much since we've known each other. But you know, I, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm I'm not there with you yet. But how? However, because I feel like you know I've heard some I've heard different things and a lot of chatter especially with with quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and who as far as predicting what a quarterback will do and i've heard it as far as you know i I hear it a lot especially with these young quarterbacks with so many young quarterbacks in the playoffs this year you know we've talked about watson we've talked about mahomes we've talked about uh um, luck luck Mm-hmm. And um, Lamar was, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and a name that I keep hearing coming up, and and I and also to bring and golf in, in the playoffs as well, golf, and I, I and another name I want to bring in just uh, for conversation's sake, I hear it about Wentz. Mm-hmm. I hear the name RG three, <laughs> not necessarily, and I well let me let me look, because I'll, you're I'll, t- I'll tell you why I laugh in a minute, but go okay. ahead. I guess I hear the name RG three. And and people trying to say, all right, yes, some of these young players are having good seasons, but it could drop off at the you know at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. just like it happened with RG three. True, but a, you have to remember a big part of the reason why RG three fell off was injury. Hold on, and before you embellish, because I do want you, I, I want you to go into this point. Mm-hmm. This is not the point where we disagree. All right. All right. All right. I hear what you're saying. Go, go ahead. With RG3, mm-hmm. a, and everyone knew this from the time he was drafted, a big, big, big part of his effectiveness on the field was based on his athleticism. He was not the prototypical pocket quarterback, similar to a Michael Vick style of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, when you take RG3's legs away from him, you essentially handicapped him. Mm-hmm. He is no longer capable of being the player, the quarterback that you need him to be. Mm-hmm. There are quarterbacks a la Aaron Rodgers or even what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes this year that are capable of running, 
But they're always thinking eyes downfield, look to pass first. That was not RG3. Never. RG3 was one, maybe two reads, and then I know I have four or three speed, so I'm going because these guys can't catch me. That will get you killed in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You will have a very, very, very short career playing like that in the NFL. Mm. And that's exactly what happened to RG3. Now, see, what you just what you just laid out there was context. Absolutely. And that's why I go for you for. You know, it's like, look, that's that's a layup. I'm 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 on my I'm I'm on my Stockton, you Malone. I laid that up for you. Hey, you set me up on exactly, the finish. Exactly. That's what I'm you know, you remember back in the day. Gary Payton would he would just talk, just Gary, would just toss, toss it up. anywhere to yeah, Kemp. It just talk, it, you just it, see Kemp fly like he wouldn't yes. even be on the TV screen. Yes, and he just come flying in like, where's that pass going? You, you, that looks like it's too high for anybody. Well, oh, there's Sean Kemp. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what that is because so many people I've heard it before. It's like, all right, when you're trying to assess what these young quarterbacks are doing, mm-hmm. you see them in the playoffs, you see them having early success early in their careers, and somebody believes that there's somebody's going to end up being RG3. And you say, and I've had a problem with that analogy for the reasons that you just laid out. There's one quarterback in this playoffs I would compare to RG3, mm-hmm. and he's already been eliminated, Lamar Jackson. Okay, And that's strictly because Lamar Jackson is not a very polished passer. He's got a long way to go. To become an NFL passer. Okay, so let me ask you this: since we're let's let's, let's talk about Lamar Jackson real quick. Well, let's get into it. All right. Did you believe that they should have went to Joe Flacco in that game? I believed personally mm-hmm. that the way that team was built, yes, they should have gone away from Joe Flacco. No, no, no. I mean, should they have gone to Joe Flacco? To come back in that in that playoff game. That's what I'm asking. The way that team is built, no. No. Okay. And it's not because I don't believe Joe Flacco is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I actually do believe Joe Flacco is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson at this point in their careers. That being said, Joe Flacco's contract is prohibitive from keeping the Baltimore Ravens with the type of talent they need Mm. to build an effective offense around. Mm. Uh, uh, Why did I just go black? Around Joe Flacco. I just said his name two minutes ago. (laughs) It's one of those days. Okay, but uh, I guess not just not going past the season and the future. Okay. Like in in the game on Saturday. Okay, let's put it this way. Joe Flacco has a very strong arm, Mm -hmm. and he throws a very good, very accurate, very catchable ball. Mm -hmm. He's not very mobile, but he can can play football from the pocket if you give him a clean pocket. How good is the Baltimore Ravens offensive line this year? Mm, Okay. How good are their weapons on the outside this year? Serviceable to okay. I mean, they still won the what won the division. Still got into the playoffs. In the division with the Browns, with a rookie quarterback who they overachieved, winning five games. Mm-hmm. The Bengals, yeah, they're there, mm-hmm. and a dysfunctional Steelers team. True. I mean, look. I, mean, I guess once again, that's context because it's like okay, you know, a division winner is a division winner, mm-hmm. but it's still the division. But you know, there's a difference between winning the AFC East 
Okay. And touche. You know. Yeah. No. I. I hear what you're saying. Some. Div- not all divisions are created equal. Oh, of course, of course. I'm just saying. I'm not. And this, I'm, I'm not. I'm not foolish enough to call the Baltimore Ravens and say that the Baltimore Ravens are up there with the Patriots or the Chiefs. Oh or, no, you know. But not, but not, what I'm saying is they still won their division. They they're did win their division. They're good enough I, to win their division. I'm not saying they're a bad football team, but if we're talking about really being a team with potential to make noise in the playoffs, I don't see that. Okay. They had a very very good defense. Mm-hmm. Yes. But probably, probably, I would say this is probably the best. This is probably the best non-Ray Lewis-led defense in Baltimore history. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Like, that being said, mm-hmm. their offense lacked true identity. They weren't really built to succeed around Joe Flacco mm-hmm. and. Lamar Jackson, the way they ran the offense with him this year, mm-hmm. is not something sustainable long term. No, not they at try all. to do that for a full season next year. He'll be They're, broken by week twelve. Yeah, at the latest. Agreed. And week Agreed. twelve is me being generous. Agreed. I guess. Well, the thing was, you know, I talk. I I talked to you about my history with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of Baltimore people, and bought. So there were a lot of people from Baltimore, a lot of Ravens fans saying that, hey, they were down big, you need to make a quarterback change, not for the future, saying, hey, you know what, Lamar Jackson is still our quarterback of the future, but if we want to win this game, we need to go back to Flacco right now. And that that seems to be the back and forth. And unfortunately, that's the type of thing that happens when your team, when your team ends your season on a losing note, Mm-hmm. Those are the narratives. You get questions. Yeah, those are the narratives that follow you until you're playing football oh, yeah. again. So right now, if you're in Baltimore, this is the argument that you That's have. That's going to be a what if question. What yes. if question the yes. entire offseason? Yes, definitely. And I will say this: there is some validity to that argument. Mm-hmm. We just got done discussing Jackson's deficiencies passing. Common knowledge: when you're down in a football game, got to throw the ball. Got to throw the ball to get gotta it. Got to throw the rock. Mm-hmm. Problem is. Joe Flacco didn't really have the weapons to throw the ball to. Not to to truly be an explosive type of offense. Mm -hmm. He had guys he could dink and dunk five five yards at a time. Mm -hmm. That's not who Joe Flacco is. No. That's not who he is by a long stretch. No, 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 no. He's a guy who wants to really let loose and go downfield, Mm -hmm. and he didn't have those type of weapons. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson is the type of guy who wants to run first, Maybe use the intermediate stuff, and that's not the guy you need when you're down big and need to come back. No, I mean that's, that's, that's the guy you that's want the college, when you're in. You know, that's a college game. You know, or if you have a lead, mm-hmm. low scoring defensive game, you you're in the shot. But when you're down multiple scores, mm-hmm. that's tough to win that way as well. So it puts you in a predicament where I can see both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. If it were me. Based on that situation and my limited knowledge of Baltimore's roster, Mm -hmm. I would have stuck with Jackson in that situation Mm -hmm. simply because I don't think Baltimore has the weapons around Flacco to make him effective. So let me so let me let me kind of throw this out out to you because I've heard the back and forth, and 
one of the most one one person who I guess who was staunchly on the you need to stick with Jackson. Jackson's your guy was Shannon Sharp, who thought it was absolutely, you know, foolish to even consider benching Lamar Jackson in that game. But on the flip side, there's stories coming out that Ray Lewis was in the press box with Steve Pashotti, who is the Ravens owner, and he's tapping him on the shoulder like, bruh, you got to go back to Flacco. Mm-hmm. You got to go back to Flacco. Now, Ray Lewis mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl with Flacco. Yep. He has a history with Flacco. Mm-hmm. He knows fully mm-hmm. what Flacco is capable of yes. when when provided with a good situation. Mm-hmm. So it does not surprise me that Ray Lewis would be a Flacco supporter. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Flacco in his playoff career has actually shown up fairly big in big moments. Yes. Yep. They won a Super Bowl, and the year bef- prior to that, they lost to New England in the playoffs. Off of Miss Phil goal. Uh, off of, the Miss Phil Off a drop, Tory, was it Torrey Smith, or it was drop pass? Was that? Okay. The Flacco. Hit, what was the year that they missed the field goal to, to beat uh, New England? No, that, that was the same year. That was the same year? Same year. Okay. Because Flacco threw a pass into the end zone. The guy did everything but put the ball away in the last second, got stripped, and mm-hmm. then they missed the field goal. I think. Oh, okay. okay. If, if memory was... serves me correctly. Okay. 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 But Flacco put the ball exactly where it needed to be, and the guy literally had it in his hands. Mm-hmm. But when he he just didn't put it away, mm-hmm. and the defender came in and stripped it out at the last second. But Flacco performed in the big moments. Mm-hmm. That's not never really been in question about Flacco. At one point, he was, they were calling him Joe Cool. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised to hear Ray Lewis saying, "Let's go to Flacco." Mm-hmm. Now, from Shannon Sharp's perspective, what do you think of him? You can say, I mean, no, I, I'm I'm gathering my thoughts because. I know what I'm about to touch on is a sensitive subject to some. Oh, boy. Shannon Sharp did what is typical of many African-American media members, which is to support the black quarterback. Okay. And I get why. Because they want these guys to have opportunities that they were denied for many, many years. Mm. So it's not a bad thing to want to support the black cop quarterback and see him get his opportunity. Mm. I want to see them get fair opportunities, too. Mm. But I want to see them get fair opportunities. Mm. If you're not the guy right now, you're not the guy. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who don't necessarily take that position. They'll just say, I want this guy to get his chance win or lose, come hell or high water, he gets his shot. Mm-hmm. And I can't speak for Shannon Sharp. I don't know him. I've never met him personally, so I can't say that is actually how he feels. Mm-hmm. But I would not be surprised if that were a factor in his thought process. So it is – yeah – it's a tough question. Jackson did have success this year. Mm-hmm. He won games. He got him in the playoffs after a slow start. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like he outplayed Flacco to get the job either. Okay. He got in because Flacco was injured. From what the coaches were seeing, what everybody was seeing in practices, the guys who saw him every day, it was Flacco's job. Mm-hmm. 
that means something too. When you have a young rookie quarterback like that, mm-hmm. the way the NFL is trending now, mm-hmm. if the quarterback competition is even close, they lean towards getting experience to the young guy. So the fact that they have this young guy who they weren't even thinking about putting in the game until after Flacco's injury mm-hmm. because they know he needs development says something to me. And that's not to say Lamar Jackson will never get to where he needs to be. But let's not get caught up in this mentality where everyone thinks rookie quarterbacks, first-round picks, need to be ready to play right away. That's not how it works more often than not. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's looking at Patrick Mahomes. He's not a rookie quarterback. No. Andy Reid sat him down for a year and made him watch tape and practice and learn and then let him loose on the league a year later. But he had time to develop. Aaron Rodgers had multiple years to develop. There, Tom Brady didn't come in expected to start his immediately. No. And up until recently... No one ever expected quarterbacks to come in and start their rookie year. That just wasn't how it worked mm-hmm. until maybe the last 10 years or so. So, Lamar Jackson, I believe, will have a bright future. Mm-hmm. But he's got a lot of work to do before he gets there. Okay. That's all. Okay. All right, well, look, let's take a quick break. All right? We got more playoffs to talk about. That's that's what, Look, I, I, I uh, can talk – we still got a whole other side of the bracket to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's do that. We we haven't talked we haven't talked about any about upcoming coming Sunday games. Nope, nope. You got Chargers Patriots coming. Mm-hmm. AFC oh AFC playoffs is gonna be nice this weekend. And then there's there's an NFC game on Sunday too that we haven't talked about yet. Mm. And we'll get to that one later in the show. We've got a guest, NFL beat writer. Jeff Mosher coming on to join us later in the show. Oh, oh, that's the crew right there. You bring in, oh, man, that's mm-hmm. the homie right there. Exactly. Oh, so we're, we're going to have some fun this show. We're talking most today? We're talking the most today. Oh, we're going to okay. have a good show. Okay. All right, we'll be back right after this. Listen live online. FreeAsianRadio.com When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, Tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter Brooklyn was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. More Mike Jones, more John Brown. You never get enough. No, you can't get enough. You can't. Talking football, talking car crashes, because you just had a heck of a week. Hey, man. Nobody got hurt, so I'm all right. But We got accident stories. You said you were giving us Yeah, I I got one. All right. Long time ago, had a car. 
I bought the car from my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, car had some issues, but I needed a car, and she sold it to me for cheap. There you so, go. So it was a good Can't thing. be mad. Can't be mad. But car was sitting out in front of my apartment. You know, I had an apartment in Baltimore. It was basically renting an apartment. It was it was in a uh, just just out out on the street. Um, I was working late, so I was still asleep. First thing in the morning, get a knock on my door. Mm-hmm. Come downstairs, trash man. Trash man says, "Hey man, this MF just hit your car." I said what? This MF just hit your car. Who? He said, this MF right here. And he's pointing to the other trash guy driving the truck who's just sitting there in the cab of the truck with his head down just looking defeated. So this is the guy on the back who who throws the cans in coming to tell you that the driver of the truck he's on. Yeah. Hit my car. So I come up there and he- So the driver didn't even actually come tell you himself that he hit your car. No. They come in and I- so I, I look up, and he's just completely totaled my car. Sideswiped my car, completely totaled the car. Which honestly was a good thing, because like I said, the car needed a lot of work. More work than I I probably could afford at the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how I was going to fix it. Oh, it's a trash truck. You, yeah. you got a check coming. Oh, oh. Oh, yes, I did get a check. So I had to fill out the whole thing. Like, how much is the car worth? Oh, well, you know, it was in pretty good condition. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you know, it was. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I had to, I mean, literally, had, maybe, maybe might have had that car for a month. Oh, yeah, I need that check. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that check was nice. Mm-hmm. Now, now, that check was nice. Now, I got the check. Because that's a corporate check. That's, yeah, oh, that's yeah, a that, please don't sue me check. Yes, yeah, that check came straight from the city. Now, here's the thing. Now I, to, I used to, uh, I I I've worked in TV news for a long time. I used to work in a TV news station in Baltimore. Now the city was, you know, it's dealing with the city, mm-hmm. so they're giving me the runaround. Of course, trying to get my check. It's a bureaucracy. Yeah, so bureaucracy. I, you know, so I got to call the man who tells me to call the man, and then they tell me to call the man, and I'm calling the man who has to call the man, and then they calling the man, and I'm getting Did you the runaround. Call the piccolo player. Anybody I, I, called him, I called him something. If you didn't get the kick piccolo player joke, you Google just, Robin Hare. Yes. Piccolo Rob, player. Yes. I'm not okay. going to get into that on air, but Google, Google I'm, piccolo I'm player. with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I asked an investigative reporter at the station. Mm-hmm. I, t- I, told, I, I told this person my problem. So she says, hey, let me see. She calls somebody and she says, hey, I'm such and such, such and such from such and such, such and such uh, TV news. Okay. Got a guy here who's been having some issues with the city. His car got totaled. You know, he has no way of getting to work. You know, he's he's out of a car because car, you know. Trash truck. Trash truck totaled his car. His car was parked on the street, legally parked. You know. Mm-hmm. They got me my money, like, maybe a week and a half later. So I used that money. It pays to know people. Yeah. I got a new car. Well, a new, new to, to you. A new to me car. Mm-hmm. This car that replaced the car, the trash truck, driving the car, you know, everything's cool. Get hit by a drunk driver. How long had you had the new car? Maybe a month and a half. (laughs) Maybe a month and a half. Oh, man. I I get by a drunk driver. 
He stops. I stop. He gets out the car. I get out the car. Hey, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right, but you just hit my car. Okay. Well, look, I live around the corner. And then he gets into his car and drives off. Yeah, we've had this whole conversation. Uh, he so just I, got in the car and drove just, away. So, yes. Did you did, have any of his information? Yes, before? I had it all. He didn't give me anything, but he sat there long enough for me to sit there. and I, you I got his saw, license yeah, plate. Yeah, I got his license plate number. Okay. And he drove off. So, I called the police and said, hey, man, I just got it. Guy just le- leaves, gave him the license plate number. The police didn't come get me and then take me over to his house mm-hmm. as they're arresting him. And that you did have to make a positive. Yeah, ID. I had to make. It's like, is this the guy? And I'm like, yeah, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. That's a hit and run at yeah, this point. Yeah, so they they arrest him. They send me home. Whatever. Now, uh, guy's lawyer calls me. Okay, you know, guy wants to make restitution because he says he wants to make restitution before the court case to try and show that he tried to make it. Try right. to get a lighter sentence. Yeah, try to get a lighter sentence. So okay, all right, whatever. So you know, I get the blue book value, whatever, and I tell him what the car was worth. Said, hey man, I just got this car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's whatever. He calls me into his office and he says, okay, we're going to pay for the car. Okay. You know, he gives me $4,100 in cash, opens his drawer and just starts pulling out hundreds, <laughs> just counting them up. You know, and now I'm just sitting, you know, look, man, I'm 29 years old. Now, what was the value of the car? Value of the car was 35. Okay. You know, 35. And I That's told a him, fair hey, deal. Yeah, fair. It was like, look, man. And he let me keep the car because I said I was going to try and get it fixed, and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So, yeah, I ended up, I didn't get it fixed. But oh, um, God. Take that to a junkyard, yeah. get an extra couple hundred dollars. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I ended up using the money because I was engaged. Mm-hmm. Me, me and my wife were just about to get married, so I ended up, I paid for our new apartment. I paid, I put the security deposit in the first month's rent down on our new apartment. Mm-hmm. Pretty, mu- pretty much paid off all our wedding bills. That's what I used the money for. But it was still forty forty one hundred dollars in all hundreds. So I brought it home to to my wife, had my sons, we all taking pictures with the money. We just sitting up there, we balling. You know, we out there living out our fantasies. I got a picture with my son. I'll show, if I still got it somewhere, I'll show it to you one day. But he, he's sitting there, he's just holding forty one hundred dollars in his head. <laughs> and um golly, this is two thousand six. So he's three years old. Okay. With forty one hundred dollars in his head. So it's just now, I have one question. Mm-hmm. What was in worse shape after the accident? Your car or Alabama after Monday night's football game? Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? Alabama. Alabama was worse than the car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They Like, look, Cause, my, cause, look cause it, my car wasn't embarrassed. Because it looked like Alabama got T-boned by a semi the other night. <sighs> Bruh. What, what, what was funny was I feel like everybody, you know, the whole narrative, you, Clemson was an afterthought. They were. It was an it's Alabama yeah, and then everybody yeah, else. This was an Alabama party, and Clemson just happened to be there, and that was the way it was presented right up until they threw that pick six in the first. In the first, uh, Alabama possession. was supposed to be the Globetrotters, and Clemson was supposed to be the Washington Generals. Mm-hmm. Now I will tell you this: my house, my home, mm-hmm. has a very big Clemson fan. And my son Peyton. Okay. I don't. I have no clue where he got this from. Nobody in my family ever went to Clemson. We we've been to South Carolina a couple of times. Got family in South Carolina. None of those none of those South Carolina families have ever been to Clemson. I I'm pretty sure it comes from him playing video games. Okay. 
but he he's a Clemson fan. He's a Clemson fan somehow. So he, you know, if there's one person who knew Clemson was going to win, it was my son Peyton. He called it. He's like, "Look, man, we're going to win." I mean, I'm watching that game Monday night, and of course, you see the pick six early. I'm like, "Oh, Mm -hmm. that's something." Mm -hmm. But then Alabama starts to do Alabama things. Seven nothing. Then they act. They were down seven nothing. They tied at seven. Clemson scores again. Yeah, that, that pack, but then yeah. Alabama eventually takes the lead at sixteen to fifteen. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm thinking, okay, Alabama's they're starting to build some mm-hmm. momentum. They went from down Pretty seven to time. up yeah. one. Yeah, here, here it comes. Here, here, comes here comes Alabama. Here comes Alabama. Thanks for coming out, Clemson. And I'm actually sitting there with a couple of my friends. We're watching the game. Playing some little, playing some cards while we watch the game. Oh, you playing spades? Playing spades. Nice. So playing spades while we watch the game. Playing a hand. I look away from the TV for maybe five, seven minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. I look back up. The score is twenty-seven, sixteen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how'd that happen? Mm-hmm. And then from there, the route was on. Oh yeah. The one thing I I noticed. Alabama still seemed to be Alabama on the lines. Mm. Where they didn't seem to be Alabama was they had no real speed or playmakers on the outside, mm. on either side of the ball. You know, you're used to seeing your Julio Joneses, your Calvin Ridleys, these type of guys, yeah. and all sorts of DBs mm-hmm. coming out of like, I, mm-hmm. it. We'd be here all night if I start naming DBs from, coming from out Alabama, of Alabama. Yeah, Alabama DBs, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this year, they just seem to truly be lacking that real game-changing playmaker mm-hmm. on the outside on either side. Yeah. And Clemson's speed really showed up. Mm-hmm. They're just out there running by guys. Like I don't think any anybody saw that coming, except maybe Clemson. This quarterback, this quarterback for Clemson might be the truth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, he's the real deal. This is what I need. This is what I need. Understand? So let, let somebody me needs to so. take him to a barber shop, but that's yeah. a different story. Somebody needs to. I, I want two things. I want this kid to go to a barber shop, and I don't care what team it is, except for one. I want this. I want this kid as far away from the New York Giants as possible. Now, in two years, the Giants are will very likely be in the market for a quarterback. Yes, very and likely. Gu- yes, and guess what else will happen in two years? The Giants will still be bad. Not if they get Trevor Lawrence. Mm, that I, kid. I don't want Trevor Lawrence and Saquon Barkley together in my division. I, I'm with you. I don't want it either. Because, look, understand something. We've gone back and forth about, you know, hating other teams. And I know you only hate the Cowboys. And I've told you I hate a whole bunch of teams. Mm-hmm. And I hate every team in the NFC East that's not the Philadelphia Eagles. I root against every team in the NFC East. I, I, hate I just every, only hate one of them. I, I hate them all. I hate them and I root and I root against them. Although the Giants could, are starting to make me hate them yes. because they're making me dislike Saquon. Exactly. I don't want to dislike Saquon, and that's what, and, I, and that, that makes me hate him more, and hate the and hate the Giants more. I don't want them to give Saquon uh, a quarterback. I want them to keep on trotting out old Eli. I'll I want, take old I want, Eli for the next exactly. ten years if he keeps. Give me playing. old Eli until he's Peyton's age. Now, 
Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I want this kid so far. Look, they've already got the hashtag lose for Lawrence. Mm-hmm. No. So, so there are the fan base is already thinking. Let's just go ahead and tank next year. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's well, what they're going. No, yes, he, was a tr- he was a true freshman though, so he's actually got two, two more, more years, years of college. Yeah. So they they could compete this year and tank the following year. Okay. Whatever you want to call it, it'll still be a tank because they're not going to be good next year, and they probably won't be good the year after that. So they might be. So here's the here's what we're looking at for the New York Giants. Okay. We're looking at them being bad next year, getting a good tackle in the draft. And then being bad the year after that and getting Trevor Lawrence, and then they'll be good again. That's assuming they have a GM who actually is capable of getting that done. All right, let's just hope their GMs don't listen to offense, defense, and discourse with Mike Jones and John Brown. Available on SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports, and you can hear it on Free Agent Radio at 8 and Seattle Hip Hop Radio at 12. Yes. There you go. There you go. All right. Hey, man, real quick, mm-hmm. because I also want to talk about this as well. College football bowl season was trash this year. I mean. Straight up. Tr- and I had, we're talking about the grocery store potato chips barbecue flavor dot com bowl. <laughs> I oh, mean, what do you expect? It's like it's too many bowls. Yeah. You give yeah, me. Well, like, if you give me the best, like how many teams are ranked? 25? 25. I don't see any reason why there should be more than 25. Mm-hmm. Not There shouldn't be more than 10 bowl games. Bowl season was There should not be more than – if you're not a oh top 20 team, mm-hmm. why are you playing a bowl game? Now, I know why. Check. It's a money yeah, grab. Yeah, to get that check. But what, as a fan, what, unless I went to this little small school in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. or this school that might be a big school – but has a football program that won three games in the last 20 years, and they finally got to six, so they're bowl eligible. Yep. Like, bowl eligibility shouldn't start until you hit eight or nine wins. Okay. Six wins, at, you're, you're a 500 team. Mm-hmm. Why, why do I want you in the playoffs? Or why do I want you in a bowl game? Let me explain to you why. Let me explain to you. Why I feel like bowl season was trash. All right. Or why bowl season is trash as a whole. And I understand that this might be sort of an evolution of how I felt because I was a little optim I was I was more optimistic about bowl season. And honestly, I can't tell you why. You were I more optimistic was. about it than I was. Yes, I was way more optimistic about it than you were. And look, you have done this on this show. Now allow me. Please. Mike you were right. Bowl season sucked. And prop for me, part of the reason why bowl season sucked was because you see what's wrong with bowl season. And nobody's talking nobody is talking about the real reason why bowl season sucks, but they're throwing a whole bunch of different factors around and none of it necessarily addressed the problem. Like you said, there are way too many bowl games. Way too many. Way too many bowl games, and with way too many bowl games, you have way too many mediocre teams. And mediocre teams and mediocre bowls just make for mediocre games. Exactly. But uh, but the problem is you've heard so many different factors. You know, you've heard so many different suggestions 
about how to fix the end of the season in college football, but you always hear one major reaction. You say, hey, man, college football needs a playoff. Mm-hmm. When they first start, when people first started throwing out the idea of a playoff in college football, what did they say? It's going to weaken the bowls. It's going to lessen the bowls. It's going to make some, you know. The only look, people who care about that are the people who are making money off the bowls. Exactly. But the problem is it's like, all right, now it's like there's so many different factors about it now. It's like, okay, college football you needed a playoff because that's just what you needed you know it's like having it's like having computers decide who was a national championship was never working it wasn't but the one thing i will say about the old system mm-hmm. with at least regarding the bowl games it made them a little more relevant for for and that's sh- for the sheer fact that of course you had one and two playing in the bowl game mm-hmm. but say one and two both lose, or not both lose, but say two beats one. Mm-hmm. Three and four aren't playing each other, mm-hmm. but say three blows out whoever they're playing, and number two wins in a one-point game. Mm-hmm. That old system left for some intrigue because that number three team might shoot up to the top of the rankings at mm-hmm. the end of the year. Yeah, it, it, and it wasn't necessarily a good thing, but it just left some intrigue. Left some intrigue, but to to me. That leaves in that leaves intrigue to the wrong thing. Oh, I agree. I'm not because, saying it was the right yeah, thing. Because it's like, okay, you have the intrigue of who's going to be the national champion, but it's like, okay, the number three team will the number three team be the national champion, but that's going to be decided by a computer, not by the number three team beating, beating the number them. one team for the national championship. However, the problem is now it's like, look, so many bowl games, so 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 watered down, and mm-hmm. now it's like not only does it not mean anything to the viewers, it doesn't mean anything to the players. Guys, and that's why that's guys, why you have guys not playing. Exactly, but that that fits my that that kind of furthers my point. When there was still that intrigue mm-hmm. where there was a shot you might shoot up the rankings if you had an amazing bowl game performance mm-hmm. guys had reason to play guys had reason to play but it's like it's also it's like okay you have, and people are people are complaining about players not wanting to t- play in these bowl games because now all they are all these bowl games now are just pretty much just uh glorified exhibition games they're preseason games in the exactly. postseason especially when your stars aren't playing yeah they're a guy, oh, I'm going to get ready for the NFL draft, so I'm going to sit out this. Yeah. And you know what? I would sit out most of these bowl games, too. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not just the players. You got coaches leaving jobs, now not coaching their teams in playoffs. So the guy that the guy that recruited you, the guy who's been there all season long, is now gone, and is what's supposed to be, I'm using air quotes, I know you can't see me, what's supposed to be the biggest game of the season the head coach, the guy who's been in your locker room leading you all season long, is not there. And in some cases, the the, the coach isn't there. In other cases, the star player isn't there. And now, you guess what else isn't right. there? The excitement ain't there. Now, I have a question for you. What's up? Now, say you're a coach mm-hmm. of, I don't know, a 8-4, and 9-4 and four type of football team. Mm-hmm. And you get invited to, you get a ball berth. Mm-hmm. But you're going against a six to six, seven and five type of team, mm-hmm. and you just got an offer to go coach at a power school or possibly even in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Do you waste your time against that six and six team when you could be out recruiting or preparing for that next job that's going to pay you three, four times as much? No, I mean, well, I guess 
what I'm saying is no. Honestly, I I don't I don't know how I would react. But I, what I'm saying is or, the 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 reason why they do it makes sense. Okay. Next the reason. Why, okay. Next part of the question, and I'm gonna let you finish that point. I want you to finish that point. But okay. next part of that question before okay. you do, same similar question. But if you're a player, mm-hmm. do you want to risk your and you have potential to be a first, second, a day one or day two NFL draft mm-hmm. prospect? Do you risk injury to go play some six and six team that's no. going to do nothing for you? No, because they expect you to blow no. them out anyway. No, not at all, not at all. I, I, no, heck no. So I'm what trying. incentive do these guys have to play? None. It's not like it's not like the NFL where you get a, a, a bonus for playing in these games. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. This is, but this is what the, this is what has now become of college football postseason. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. Absolutely. It's a joke, and that's why this college it, – it needs to be said, and it needs to be said over and over. College football postseason is trash. I, would, I mean, you don't – College you don't football, see, I would say – and honestly, now when you have the playoffs with the, the two semifinal games and the championship game, mm-hmm. every other bowl game equates to the NIT tournament in basketball. Okay. Like, yeah, it's fun if you want to keep playing, but – it doesn't really mean anything if you win. College football bowl season is trash. I will start every point of this discussion with that sentence mm-hmm. because, you know, that's that's just what it is. And at this point now, it's such trash. I'm not quite sure they can make it untrash. I'm not sure they can make it not trash. And... To be honest, I'm not sure they can do anything about it either. Mm-hmm. At it's this ruined. point, it's ruined. I don't know that. I don't know that it's permanently ruined. Well, but I mean, you look, would I'm, need a real overhaul, and I have an the idea. The college football playoffs is fine. I have it, ideas. Okay. Well, you know that might because I understand. Yes, we have a two-hour show, but we have a two-hour show. We we still have a limit. Yeah. All right, but see, I'll get it to it as quick as I can. This is honestly where I see college football going in the next five to ten years. Okay. There are only going to be five conferences. Okay. These the the Power Five conferences will probably all expand to between fifteen to twenty teams. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in one of those conferences, you just don't matter. Mm-hmm. You're 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 one double A if you're not in one of those five okay. co- power conferences. No one I could. Now, and, okay. now no. having those five power conferences and all the best teams in those conferences, mm-hmm. what that allows you to do is have a more efficient playoff system okay you get out of your conference then you get into maybe a eight or like at that point you can pretty much eliminate you can even eliminate non-conference schedule early if you want to Mm -hmm. you get out your conference you get to the playoff the best out of those conferences get to the playoff it's that simple Mm -hmm. we don't need all the extra bowl games because we basically had it all year because Mm -hmm. the best teams are all competing against each other all year. Now, I'm not you, looking at Alabama versus Acorn State. You know? Alcorn State. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> versus Acorn State. <laughs> let, me ask, let me ask you this. Would you do it instead of having bowl games, instead of having all, all those bowl games, make conference championships more than one round? But that's that's kind of what my point is. Yeah. You have maybe two rounds to get out your conference mm-hmm. instead of just a conference. There's a conference semi and a mm-hmm. conference champion. Okay. And then those conference champions make it into 
A, like whoever your top yeah. CDs might, might get a buy or something, I, but you get. I, I, I could see that, and I could see teams that are left out, the conferences that are left out of the Power Five conference, what, whatever becomes of the Power Five conferences, mm-hmm. doing what the MEAC and SWAC do. Whereas they're one, they're one double A, mm-hmm. but they no longer compete in the football uh, postseason. Postseason, they send their champion. The, the MEAC sends their champion. The SWAC sends their champion, and they play in the Celebration Bowl in, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you know, those other and, schools, and that that would be what the other bowls would be for at that point. Mm-hmm. NCAA wants to still have their money grab. Mm-hmm. Use all those side small bowls mm-hmm. for your small schools. Let mm-hmm. them have their shine there. Mm-hmm. It works for them. Okay, they'll get their national TV day that day. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some interest to it. It's like, okay, I haven't seen these guys all year. Okay. I don't know if they're bad or not because their record's actually inflated from playing the weaker schools. Mm-hmm. So there's some interest in that. You okay. generate interest that way because uh-huh. rather than being a 6-6 six and six team, now you're a 9-4 and four team or 10-2 and, th- and two or whatever it is, 10-3. Thir- mm-hmm. So I could see that working. Mm-hmm. But you have the powers that be have to be willing to make some concessions, and that's not something I see happening immediately but in the next 10 years i don't know how much choice they're going to have but to make some changes you got to because college football postseason is trash hot stinky trash yeah and this this yeah, season yeah, yes was it just is a complete waste of time mm-hmm. even a national championship game National championship game was trash. But at least the national championship game actually had some excitement leading into it. Leading into it. And even through the first half. Mm, okay. All right. I'll give you that. First but, half was first but, half was good. Second which half. Which is de- that's decent for good. a national You can't expect with college kids, you can't every year expect it to be a three point game tight. Mm. It's not the pros you were no, you're recruiting. But I think, you're not I, I guess but if any if anything, the way this game went in the second half Mm-hmm. Was it just spoke to how most of the games went? Whereas, like, yes, you shouldn't expect it, but because all the previous games were so bad, and there were so many blowouts and so many games that weren't close, to sit there and see a national championship that finished that wasn't close mm-hmm. was just like, you know what? This is just this is just icing on the trash cake. <laughs> That's what that was. And you know what? I won't even argue with that with that on that point. So with that <laughs> being said, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to get back right with a little bit more NFL discussion. I should have thrown the college football playoffs in the trash truck to hit my car. <laughs> trash yeah. guy to hit my Chevy Lumina. We still got the two Sunday games for this weekend to talk about: Chargers, Patriots, and then our guests will be joining us to talk about Eagles, Saints with NFL beat writer Jeff Motion. Yeah, to call the crew. Had to get the crew in. You had to get the crew. Yes, yes, sir. You know we were gonna. You, they knew it was coming. Oh, the crew's coming, man. Exactly. We have to. We we'll have to break that down. Who is in the crew? Oh yeah. Because I've I've said before, and we'll get into this one when Jeff is on. I I always felt like our crew needed a name. It's, it was a quality squad of, it was a, of personalities, yeah, opinions. Yes, we needed it, a it was name. a fun group of guys. It was like, are you? Were you ever a wrestling fan in, ever in your life? Of course. Okay. We were like a faction. <laughs> That's what we were. We were just a fact. We were like the NWO. Exactly. You, and I, do you remember the NWO? Oh, oh I, do I remember the NWO? <laughs> Come on, man. 
Look, man. Hall, Nash, and exactly. Hogan. Hollywood, yeah, exactly. not, not Hulk Hogan. Hollywood, Hollywood Hogan. Hogan. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We'll get into we'll get into that. Oh yeah, we'll All definitely right. get into that and more after the break. Mike Jones, John Brown, offense, defense, and discourse. Listen live online. FreeAsianRadio.com. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. We are talking NFL again. We just had a little fun talking some college football in the last segment. We talked about the dumpster fire that is the NCAA postseason in football. Hashtag college football postseason is trash. And I also threw out my suggestion for them to fix it. I don't know if they'll ever do it, but I think it'll work. Now, with that being said, we're going to go right back into the NFL. Let's go back to the pros. Let's go to a playoff system that doesn't suck. It, it, it's a good one, honestly. It is. Now, now, we talked about what we're looking at with the two Saturday games coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, they got two games on Sunday as well. The first is the perennial disappointment San Diego Chargers. Yes. Versus yeah. the AFC's. Goliath over the last 18 years. The true gold standard. The true gold standard yes. in the NFL right now. The New England Patriots. Um, Look. History, once again. One team gets it done in the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. One team doesn't. One team does not. Now, that one being team, said, one, though. Two, two great quarterbacks. Two of the best quarterbacks uh, probably of our Of our lives. Of our lives. Two, uh, two, two greatest quarterbacks of the twentieth, excuse me, twenty first century, two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. I should be used to calling it the twenty first <laughs> century, but uh, two, the absolutely two of the most prolific pastors of the twenty first yes. century. Yes, but one has a one has long, a lot of hardware, rich history, has a hand that he can't even lift because he's got all he's got rings on every finger, mm-hmm. and them Super Bowl rings ain't light. Oh, them things are big and heavy. And I, I will tell you this. My good friend, good friend of the show, can't come on the show anymore. But uh, Barrett Brooks, mm-hmm. uh, he let me wear his Super Bowl ring one time. It's 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 it's, it's nice. Oh yeah, I, I remember he brought it with him up to the um sports shop. Oh yeah, he did. That's he right. Brought it with him. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. He let me wear that ring once. He let me wear it because uh, I want to bet. Because <laughs> uh, out of all his years of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until a couple years ago, one thing Barrett Brooks had never done, played fantasy football. <laughs> and we had a league, and he was in it, and he's just like, look, you know, I played football. I played football 14 years. I know football. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever, whatever. Fantasy's like, a different fa- animal. Fantasy's a different <laughs> animal. And Barrett Brooks is probably one of the smartest football minds I know. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy, you know. Uh, he he's one of the few people in this business I truly and honestly consider a friend, a good friend, someone I know I can call whenever, whatever you know, whenever I need it. Mm-hmm. That man don't know nothing about fantasy football, <laughs> and his team was trash. And we made a bet. I said, "Hey, man, look, I will let you name your price, or whatever. But if my team beats your team this week, 
I want to spend a whole day wearing that Super Bowl ring because <laughs> I knew my team was going to smoke his. I didn't think he would do it, but he did it. And I got I got my pictures with the ring. I got I got them all over. I I got pictures. I had a whole day with the Super Bowl ring. Now Barrett, so now you know I'm gonna have to get on Twitter and let him know you on the on the show talking about him. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. I'll show we, you the pictures. We're gonna need confirmation of this story. Yes, yes, definitely. He I, I will have him look. I will have him confirm that story. All right. I wore the ring. I got pictures to show it. Now, Barrett's finger is a little bit bigger than mine. So the one thing I did not want to do in this whole ordeal was, was ruin our fr- friendship by losing the ring. So I pretty much had a fist this whole time <laughs> because I knew that if I had like an open hand and yeah. I did anything, that ring was falling. That ring was flying off my hand. Uh, somebody was going to pick that up and yeah, be gone. Yeah, yeah. So I, look, uh, wasn't going to be me. All right. So we're, t- we're talking NFL though. Yes. Chargers, Patriots. Yes. Chargers have a lot of hardware. Chargers, no, no, no. Chargers ain't got no hardware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chargers, Chargers ain't got have no hardware. Chargers ain't got a drop of hardware. So why is everybody believing the Chargers so much? Honestly, because I think they're sexy. You know, in the sense that are right, you see you see Gordon, you see you see what uh, Philip Rivers is doing, mm-hmm. and it's not the the names that you're used. You haven't been able to say that about the Chargers in and a couple of years. One thing I will say about the Chargers this year, mm-hmm. they have three studs on defense. Yes, one yes. on each level, one yes. on the line, one at linebacker, one in the deep, on the back end, mm-hmm. and Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, and Darwin James. Sexy studs. They're sexy. I mean, that's because you see that you you see the intangibles. Like when I'm when I talk when we. I think the Chargers are the epitome of what we talk about on this show week in and week out in the sense that they're not frauds like Atlanta, mm-hmm. but they might not be ready to take that next step yet. But you if see they're not the ready yet, though, then when will they be ready? It's been a long know. time with Phillip Rivers. Well, for, well, Phillip Rivers has been a long time, but when you look, but when you took, look at that defense and when you look at a lot of their weapons – Mm-hmm. These are young guys, so there could be a good there. There could be a chance that the quarterback that put that finally puts them over the hump is not on their is roster. not going to is not on their roster. It's not going to be Philip Rivers because you kind of you kind of you remember the old uh, Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, the the Doug Flutie Chargers. Yeah, you know, and they but but they had some young weapons, mm-hmm. you know, and. They had Ladanian Thomason who started early. You know, he came in, started day one. Yep. And they remember they flipped that number one pick instead of taking Mike Vick and they traded down. Mm-hmm. So they were able to get Tomlinson and Drew Brees. I remember. So Drew Brees was sitting on the bench while it's Doug Flutie's team at the at the moment. Yep. And you kind of knew they had young weapons, but they were good enough to, to win some games, maybe get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But you knew that when they were going to be good when they I mean good good like let's have a conversation about are they good enough to win it all you knew Drew Brees wasn't going to be that quarter wasn't going excuse me you knew Flutie was not going to be the quarterback and I think that's what you might be faced with now okay so if that's the case with the Chargers mm-hmm. and New England by all appearances seems vulnerable this year Seems vulnerable. They're still New England. Yes. But they seem vulnerable. Their offense has not been the fine-tuned machine it has been in previous years. Mm-hmm. 
They lost Josh Gordon to the demons of Josh Gordon mid-two-thirds of the way through the season. Gronk has, for whatever reason, not seemed to be himself this year. Mm. And it's the typical bend-but-don't-break type of defense. Mm -hmm. How do you see this game playing out? History. Once again, I'm not gonna. I am not gonna count the New England Patriots out until the New England Patriots are out. I think they. I think this is a team that will find a way to win. I think. I think if there are weaknesses in that San Diego defense, Los Angeles Chargers defense, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the people who will find it. If they, if there's a quarterback and coach that can exploit. Whatever weaknesses, uh, I don't know why I don't want to call them charges. <laughs> but if there's a tandem between coach and player who could exploit this defense, it is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And quite frankly, until somebody proves that they can't, mm-hmm. my money is on my money is on Tom. Terrific. My money is on Dollar Bill. Dollar Bill. Tom. Terrific. Now, here's the thing. If the Chargers can pull it off, I think that instantly makes them the favorite. I would take them to win over. I would so, take them to if win the over. Chargers win and the Chiefs win, you're saying beating the Patriots makes the Chargers the favorite? Yes. Okay. Yes. We come back We come back next week and we're talking Chargers, Chiefs. I'm saying, oh, I think we're, we need to prepare for a Chargers, a, a Super, Chargers Bowl? Super Bowl. Interesting. Yep. And well, I would say the exact same thing if it's Chargers, uh, Chargers Colts. Now I'll say this. Okay. As good as Philip Rivers is, mm-hmm. I just don't trust him. No. I have, and he's uh, he's very good. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what it is. It's probably just the history at this point yeah. into his career and, and lack of postseason success. He is who he is. I just don't trust him. He is who his record, his playoff record says he is. That man's one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks of all time. But when it comes to the playoffs, that's just not the dude. Exactly. He's just not so, the dude. That sounds like we're both picking the Patriots. Yes, definitely. All right. I will pick the Patriots. When it comes down to the playoffs, I'm picking if the Patriots are in it and the Patriots have Dollar Bill and Tom Terrific, that's who I'm going with. All right, well, I guess that's a short segment. We both picking the Patriots. <laughs> All right, well, I guess with that being said, we're going to take our last break of the show, then be back for our si- final segment yes. to talk Eagles and Saints with our guest, Eagles beat writer Jeff Mosher. All right. More offense, defense, and discourse after this. Listen live online. FreeAsianRadio.com the opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back for our final segment. Mike Jones and John Brown, we've been here talking a lot of football. We talked a little NCAA championship, a lot of NFL playoffs. We've been using the, we've been using this two hours they gave us oh, yeah. very well. They should have never gave me two oh, hours. Dude, that but, was a mistake, but it's all right, though. I'll take it, For our final segment, we got we got a guest joining us. What? The NFL beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Radio host. All-around good dude. Writer. All-around good dude. One of the guys who gave you and I both a great opportunity on the sports shop. Yeah. You can still find those clips on YouTube. I still post them like they're new. 
and I post the same clips every like six weeks. And like on a personal new. note, something I don't usually say about too many people. Okay. A guy who actually makes me feel like a smarter fan when I listen to his information. Yes, sir. And that that's strong words yes. coming from me. Yes. The one and only Jeff Mosher is joining us. Jeff, how are What's you? What's up, fellas? What's up? I was worried that maybe you weren't going to introduce me because I heard like all around good dude and it <laughs> makes me feel smart. And I'm like, uh oh, that is me, right? <laughs> that is you. <laughs> now, bef- now right. before you get into this, now, okay, you-, you guys want to talk football because I ha- I came armed with my like my top five like Brooklyn MCs. Because I thought we were just going to do top five lists for like it was sports. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, we we are we do air on hip hop stations, so we could get into that too. Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, okay. But cool. I, I I just wanted to make a real quick point. Now you talked about how Jeff makes you feel smarter and how you how much you enjoy Jeff. That's, those are things you've never said about me. Really? Never ever. Oh, so Jeff, how are you today? <laughs> <laughs> Good, man. Well, you know, it's kind of weird, though, JB. I would say, like, if someone tells you that just by being around mm-hmm. someone you feel smarter, it's usually a diss to that person. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're so dumb, I feel smarter being around you. I don't think that's what Mike meant about me, but you never know, man. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's not what I meant. I actually meant you give me information that makes me more informed. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Just making sure. All right. So, Jeff, let's get straight into it. Eagles pulled off a big win and a close one against the Bears last week. And Mm -hmm. the legend of Nick Foles, BDN, as they refer to him around Philly, continues to grill. I don't don't call him that. (laughs) I've been hearing that so much, I I, I have to use it I hate that nickname. Big deal Nick, right? Exactly. Yes. Big deal Nick. So, first question, let's start with an easy one. Or maybe not an easy yeah. one, but a, a, the obvious. You got you're going into New Orleans with the Saints, who have been looking somewhat beatable the last couple weeks, but they are still a formidable opponent. What is it? Do you think the Eagles need to do to give themselves a chance to compete this week? Man, Mike, that's a great question. Um, I think it's probably. Well, there's two things involved here. One, the Saints are a really good team, but I don't know that they're this unconquerable top seed um, the way they might appear to be because of the way they beat the Eagles earlier in the year, 41 points, and Mm -hmm. because this game is at the Superdome. I think the Saints are a really good team. They're extraordinarily well coached. They have some really good players, but you're in the playoffs, so you can say that pretty much about any team that you know was in the playoffs, like the Bears, or mm-hmm. it's still in the playoffs, like the Eagles or the Saints. So I think it's going to be a close game. What they have to do, I don't know that they necessarily need to do one thing in particular because the Saints are so great, right? I just think that um, they cannot expect for two straight weeks to go on the road and turn the ball over twice, not getting any takeaways themselves, and run for less than 100 yards and expect to win the game. So, in fact, um, they became the first team in NFL history to do that against the Bears, to win a road game in the playoffs when you have a, a minus two turnover differential and you rush for less than 100 yards. No team had ever done that until the Eagles did. First team um, to ever so, do that? Uh, wow, I, that's something I didn't know. Ever do that. I did not they, actually they, know the that. Record, yeah, the record for teams to win on the road just with the, the minus two 
turnover differential was something like four and eighty three before that game. So now it's five and eighty three. It's you know that's without even the hundred yard rushing. But um, oh, yeah. Wow. So I, I I definitely think that they can, they they need to steal possessions from the Saints. I don't think they they can be giving possessions away to the Saints. Okay. Um, they so they need to win the turnover differential. Yeah, I don't know if it, if it can happen twice. Look, I don't I don't even know if they need to win the turnover battle. I just think minus two or anything worse is going to be a problem. Okay. So going minus two again, two picks and not forcing turnovers will be kind of a death sentence in your opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So next question. With that being said, what are you expecting to see from Nick Foles this week? Do you think he can continue this sort of magical run that he's been on, or do you think he's due to come back down to earth? Well, I mean, I don't even know what come back down to earth is for Nick Foles anymore <laughs> because he's so far up up in, like, Pluto that <laughs> that would be an amazing fall from grace to even come back to earth a little bit. Uh, he's playing extraordinarily well. Like, the Bears game mystified me when I was watching it the other day on All-22 because he made a couple of throws in that game that it, it almost makes you really believe that like God is on his side. You know, <laughs> Everybody knows how devout he is mm-hmm. and religious, he and Carson are. Because if you guys can see the end zone angle from that pass that he threw to Golden Tate that uh, between – he put it right between like three guys, and mm. it's, the, it's the one where Golden Tate got hit and some, somehow, you know, hung on, pinballed away, and got twenty-eight yards out of it. Mm-hmm. When you see the reverse angle of that throw, and the ball goes up in the air and it hangs in the air forever, and how it fell in between three bears and landed in the hands of the shortest guy on the <laughs> field, it's almost as if like an angel was there with the ball and like put it in in Golden Tate's hands. That was. Unbelievable. And then he threw a pass, I think, on the game-winning possession. Either the first or second touchdown to Mm -hmm. Zach Ertz. uh, And it was kind of like a slant. And Zach Ertz was double-covered on the play. And Nick threw it to him anyway, and he literally threw it in the only spot where uh, they couldn't get it. And Roquan Smith, the linebacker, kind of fell at the last minute. And it's almost like Nick mm-hmm. anticipated that Roquan was going to fall. Like, so it just feels like I, a higher authority. I, re- is really I can recall the, the exact play you're talking about because the pass came in high to Ertz. And yes. it was like the only place he, yes. that it was safely, he could safely put it was high and slightly ahead of Ertz. And Roquan stumbled at the perfect moment where the ball could get it, to it. It was unbelievable. It's like, why did he stumble? What made Roquan fall at that? He wasn't contacted. It, and that's why you, you start to wonder how, how long the streak can go on, uh, Mike. It's, it's crazy. But I think it is a little bit alarming, right, that, I th- that and I'm pretty sure this is accurate, that Nick has thrown a pick in pretty much every game since he took over, right? We know he threw the one against L.A. that was kind of ill-conceived. Mm-hmm. Um, he threw one, more than one. I think he threw two against Houston. He did not throw. Oh, wait, no, he did throw. He threw one against the Redskins and then completed 25 straight after that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously in, against the Bears. So it's a little bit alarming. I mean, you kind of get a whole lot more positive plays with Nick than negative. But, you know, the deeper you get into the playoffs, you would like to see those subside a little bit. But then again, he also threw one in the Super Bowl and they won that game, too. So I, I don't know. I kind of like take the paper and, and crumble it up and throw it in the basket when it comes to Nick. He just It's just working right now. So what you're pretty much saying is once Nick <laughs> Foles throws that interception on Sunday, we're almost guaranteed victory against the Saints. 
Yeah, I, that's I a good way of looking at it, JB. Like, once, it's, once they, it's just like the it's like the requisite uh, Jason Peters false start, right? You mm-hmm, get it out of the way. Exactly. And exactly. Get that out the way. <laughs> Jason Peters false starts. You're on third and long, and then he throw. Then Nick Foles throws that pick. Then it's like, all right, let's all rejoice because now we know that the Eagles are going to win. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, uh, maybe, look, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the name. Throw it on the first play of the game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, real quick, uh, I wanted to jump over to the defensive side of the ball. You saw yeah. the ga- the game that they played against Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, they they pretty much bottled him up for for the most part. He had some success, but it was very much mm-hmm. bend don't break. And it seemed, but at times they struggled to put some pressure on him. And at times you also saw this defense playing back like they normally do, and that pseudo-prevent defense. Drew, right. Drew Brees will pick that apart because Drew Brees is not Mitchell Trubisky. What do, you think they need mm-hmm. to, what do you think they need to do differently against the Saints that they did against the, uh, the Bears? Well, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to go back and look at it more this week, mm-hmm. um, two weeks after they blew out the Eagles, the Saints – played the Dallas Cowboys and they mm-hmm. lost that game and they only scored what like was that like 15 to 10 game I think it was a very low scoring yes. game and I do remember that the, the Cowboys much like the Eagles are not a heavy blitzing team they're a big mm-hmm. front four rush but mm-hmm. I think I remember the Cowboys sending a little bit more pressure than usual uh, at Drew Brees and I think you have to do that now listen we're talking about Jim Schwartz right it's not going to be like a 55% game plan blitzing. But I definitely think with Drew, you've got to get him off the mark. You cannot let him – you can't just sit there, drop seven guys into zone, rush four, and expect that Drew's not going to be able to pick that up, uh, apart many times. I think you have to force the issue with him and frustrate him. It seems like that's what Dallas was able to do. And I think the Eagles will have to do that as well. And I would even say if it's a close game, they may have to do it a little bit in the fourth quarter, because as you just pointed out um, with the Bears game, you know, they got a lot of pressure on Trubisky in the first three quarters, but the one difference about this year's D-line compared to last year's is that, you know, they're a lot thinner. They lost Eric Barnett. They lost um, Mm -hmm. Hart. uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Sweat, Josh Mm -hmm. Sweat. Mm -hmm. So, and, uh, you know, Haloti Nod is not really a pass rusher. They don't have as many pass rushers as they did last year. The ones they got are good, but they're just not as deep, so they tend to tire down a little bit there in the third and fourth quarters. And we've seen that against like Tennessee and Carolina, right? So I think Jim may have to pick some really creative blitzes early on. And then, you know, third or fourth quarter, he may have to get out of his comfort zone a little bit. If this game is close and make sure he's still getting Drew Brees off of his mark. Okay. So who is it that you would think for the Eagles, not named Nick Foles or Fletcher Cox needs to have a big game for them to be able to win? That's a really good question. Not named uh, Nick Foles or Fletcher Cobb. Okay, so one of these running backs, I think, has to be really important. Now, it's the last time they played, Josh Adams had a 28-yard touchdown run, and it was kind of the start of Josh becoming the lead back for them. And then, you know, this we- this weird season of, you know, it's almost like three-card Monty that Doug is playing with the running backs as far as who's lead ball carrier is. So Josh went a bunch of games, did well, and then all of a sudden Smallwood came back to earth and Darren Sproles came back, and it looks like Josh is now back to third on the on the pecking order. I don't, I don't really care who it is, whether it's Smallwood's running very well, 
and Sproles has been basically the MVP of December. But I think one of those guys have to be efficient in the run, and they've got they to make something off the screen game against a Col- uh, I'm sorry, against a Saints defense that gets upfield very quickly. Okay. Now, I've got one last question for you before we get you out of here. I'm not going to take up all your time today. My oh, this last is easy, man. Guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> My question for you is this, though. Look, we're fast forward a little bit, skip ahead. Assuming the Eagles are able to pull off a win this week, what do you think happens with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz going forward? I hate asking this question, but I have to ask. Got to. No, I think it's a fair question. You know, I, I thought people kind of overreacted to that, that uh, whatever you want to call it, a controversy, dichotomy, anything, like, you know, after the Houston game or the L.A. game. But we're getting a little deeper here, and mm-hmm. it's becoming kind of less of a phenomenon and more, to me, um a really interesting situation where you obviously have Carson Wentz, who's a franchise quarterback. They invested a lot of draft capital in him. They don't want to get rid of him. And you have Nick, who I think as each game goes by, and look, against Chicago, he threw two picks. He was more human in that game. So it wasn't like Nick was, again, channeling an inner Tom Brady or something. He was way more human, and yet he still did what he needed to do to win the game. And to me, that actually makes it more of a – we can talk about Nick realistically being a lot like a, uh, a quarterback who's really coming into his own and maturing, right? Because now we're even seeing him win when he doesn't have his best game. It's not just these like superhero Nick Foles performances that make you think this is some magic carpet ride. I really do think Nick, he reminds me a little bit of Eli Manning where Eli, you know, I'm sorry, I know that's going to bother a lot of people, but <laughs> Eli got his ass kicked in his first three playoff games and a lot of people and then the one thing about the Giants is that they never—they always had the same coach, always had the same offensive coordinator, same offense, and eventually things started to click for the dude. And you know, he put together two of the most memorable playoff runs you'll ever see because it was the same coach, same system, same offense. And I just think with Nick, even though you see him get rid of the ball a lot quicker, he's like peppering the defense now. Mm-hmm. I think he's really improving. He's becoming a quarterback, a good quarterback who could be consistent. And I think it's a real legit thing to say hey i think over a 16 game season this guy can be a fairly good quarterback for you so your question mike um i think that it really isn't a discussion for the eagles as far as who's their quarterback next year unless nick beats new orleans and goes to that conference championship game and then then maybe it really becomes a little bit of a discussion and only if he wins the Super Bowl, then is it, oh, my God, we really... You have a real dilemma then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but there's even within that, Mike, there's even... So he, he can become a free agent if he decides to opt out and the Eagles opt in. The Eagles can just say you're a free agent and not even exercise their option on him, or they can franchise tag him. And that seems to be like the popular sentiment now, mm-hmm. that they'll franchise tag him and try to trade him. But if you franchise tag Nick... That creates problems for other teams who want to trade him because the cap you're not number allowed is so to high. give a contract extension to a guy under a franchise tag. So now you then have to trade for Nick, knowing that you're going to pay him twenty five million dollars for one year, and then he might leave you after the year, or you have to then re- use the franchise tag a second year, and that's going to pay him like thirty million dollars. So now you've got to commit two years and fifty five million dollars, get all guaranteed to Nick, and how much? How much? willing to give up it as a draft pick to take on that kind of an expense. Mm. So I think it just invites a whole lot of different 
scenarios and variables that it's that are impossible to predict right now. Okay. All right. So, do you think that would be possible rather than the actual franchise tag that they possibly use something like a transition tag where they just try to get something back, in, knowing that he's going to leave? Yeah, I think it it kind of creates the same dilemma for the team that trades for him though right even if it's the transition tag and i, I kind of forget the, the difference i know there's some subtle ones but if you trade for someone under the transition tag he still becomes a free agent at the end of the year and i think you still can't negotiate a contract extension with him okay. if i'm not mistaken okay. so again like how much it's not that they a trade can't be made it's just the idea that you're going to get like multiple first round picks and all this great draft stocks from a team that has to give all that up and then go, you know, take the chance of losing the guy after a year or having to refranchise on and pay them a pay him a lot of money over a two year span that they cannot spread out over three or five years in a longer contract is what makes it difficult. So Jeff, let me, let me ask you this, given this, given where we are now with this controversy and this back and forth and everybody has an opinion, how different mm-hmm. would you think, how different would the narrative be? How different would the conversation be had Cody Parkey made that kick? <laughs> have we made that That's kick? Just, really have we made that question. kick? The Eagles are now out of the playoffs. Nick Foles threw two interceptions. This conversation is probably over. Yeah, I mean, honestly, because right now we're sitting there saying, you know, people are saying, is Nick Foles a guy? I'm hearing people talking about trading Carson Wentz. I've heard some of the dumbest, (laughs) you know, just conversations and just crazy narratives. But how different is is the conversation Cody Parkey makes that pick? If If Cody Parkey is now popular in Chicago, if he's the mayor of Chicago and not, you know, the villain of Chicago, yeah. How different is this conversation about Foles? I think it's still a, a prevalent one, and I, mm-hmm. I think because he had the ball last and put it and scored the touchdown mm-hmm. against that vaunted Bears defense, you know, he brought them back from you know they were trailing in that game, and then put two touchdowns on the board in the second half and left with the lead. That it was the, the damage isn't as bad as if you know he threw a pick on the final play try or you know on the last drive where you could say he's directly responsible. Uh, I, I do agree that by winning the game, the legend gets inflated a little more. I think had they lost on that field goal, though, it wouldn't have been worse as if he just laid an egg and they lost like 20-3. to three. Then I think it would have been – it, it, like we wouldn't even be discussing anything about a franchise tag or a trade. It would just be and, – and look, that might happen this weekend, right? If the Eagles lose on Sunday like 31-7 to seven and Nick throws three picks, and, and it, I think – it, exactly what you're saying will just be the same a week later. Then mm-hmm. it'll be like, okay, Carson, that we're going ahead with Carson. You, you can even release Nick if you want and, mm-hmm. and let him go somewhere else. I don't, I don't. I think that that's how reactionary people are. No, I, 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 I am guilty. I, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged. That's me. Now, Jeff, we're up against. Well, let me it. ask you guys: Are you guys? Uh, are you guys both like? And listen, I hate to even phrase it this way because mm-hmm. I don't think you have to be. Um, uh, either pro Nick Foles or pro Carson Wentz. I think you can just have like them both. I, res- I respect and appreciate what they do both, but still want one or the other going forward without besmirching the other one. Where, where do you guys stand on it? I believe that Nick Foles is an enigma. I think what's going on is is unprecedented 
I think people try to mm-hmm. want people want to compare this to something or or think of a precedent, but there is none. I think Nick Foles is a guy who has proven that he can make big plays and win big games, but not necessarily be the guy that you that gets you through sixteen games. And I'm a little mm-hmm. different. I'm a little different. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the guy who was calling for Nick Foles to start when Michael Vick was still the starting quarterback. Michael Vick ain't starting no more. Mm. And I've been consistent all the way through believing that Nick Foles is good enough to win games with, assuming you have the, a properly built team around him. Mm-hmm. That being said, a healthy Carson Wentz is a better player, but a healthy Carson Wentz is also going to get paid $30 million in, a, in another year. And that creates right. a whole different set of issues for your roster. So no doubt it, it does. So I, I I think the one thing we maybe we might be all able to agree on is that it, it, there's just no way you can have both these guys on the team next no, year. Agree. No, we all, absolutely we all agree. Yeah, one of them is going, unfortunately. So yeah. so Jeff, we're up against it. But I really appreciate you coming on with us today. And before I let you go, I know you've started some new ventures of your own the last few months let the people know where they can find you and get some more of this good information you have oh man you know i'm like uh the, the in living color skit hey man i got about six or seven things i can come 32 on here jokes, man. And <laughs> hey and we're here to let the people know go ahead and let it go ahead and share it feels like that way jb <laughs> uh, uh, my, my website is patreon.com slash jeff mosher g-e-o-f-f-m-o-s-h-e-r uh, I cover. I do a lot of Eagles in-depth stories every day, breakdowns, all 22 reports, hard news, breaking news, scouting reports, everything. So I, you know, every day. So that's where you can find my work covering the Eagles. And of course, I've got the uh, show going on with uh, Brian Westbrook called "For the Record" with Brian Westbrook. Um, it's a podcast. It's available on all the all the places: Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, everything like that. So "For the Record" with Brian Westbrook, me, Aton Shander, Crystal Rich, and uh, Roxy Romeo. And if I can just add this last one, I also do another podcast called Inside the Birds mm-hmm. with Adam Kaplan and former Eagle Billy Osborne with uh, a weekly podcast that we do all Eagle stuff. And that's also uh, part of the Go Birds Network. Uh, you can find that on radio.com under Go Birds, and you can find that on 94wip.com uh, under Go Birds. All right. Well, we'll Stay definitely be keeping on. One of the hardest men. Next working. time you have me on, I'll do my 30 other jobs. <laughs> uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Thanks again, Jeff. It was been a pleasure having you on. And we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. Yeah, and then we better do a little top five MC talk when we're at it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. We'll, we'll say that one for the summer as soon as football is over. All you right. got it. Yep. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was Jeff Mosher. Friend of friend of the show, great guy and great football knowledge. Now, this it's time to go, dude. You hear my voice drop? I'm sad now. We were having so much fun on this one. We were. It's time to go, dude. This was a good show. Time to get out of here, man. We got gotta go. Gotta go. Hey, man, there's there's morning left to do. I got things to do, man. You and me both. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Well, that being the case, I guess we're out of here. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Peace, man. Mike Jones, John Brown, offense. Defense. Discourse. Discourse. You down with ODD? Yeah, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peace. Listen live online. FreeAsianRadio.com.